She's in unknown territory emotionally, coming in as a defending champion. Now, coming back, and you're not a surprise anymore. You're five in the world. Um, everyone's so much more aware of her, how she plays, what her tendencies are. So I'm aware that the people are studying her more and, and she has to maybe do things that aren't her tendencies. Um, yeah, you've got a little bit sell it to her. And, uh, but yeah, like she, she knows she has to, but I, I think uh, she has to keep doing that. You know, she's only 20. Thanks a lot, Elena. <laughs> Alona, Alona. Oh, that's right. It is Alona, right? She even talked yeah. about it. Hang on one second. I have that. Yes, Alona is my name, and uh, my parents, when I was born, my parents wanted to name me Alona, but it was not Latvian name, so they could, couldn't write, write it down as Alona. So they chose a similar name, Elena, which they wrote down in passport. No one even cares now. What, what a fascist country. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. There so, we've, we've already insulted Latvia. and we're, we're not even a minute in. We've been talking about doing this podcast for the better part of six to eight months now. Easily. Yeah, at least that. We pull a bunch of audio to really make this interesting. We're going to kind of preview uh, the French Open and pulled a bunch of Ostapenko stuff. And now the relevance is almost zero other than um, kind of ironic comedic value. But we're going to play it because uh, that's what we've got. I'm Matt Kriz. Um Probably, if you're listening to this podcast, better known on Twitter as Second Serve Hack, or um, at the moment, Murray King of Scots, which is a joke that got old a long time ago, but is still running. In my real life, I teach English at a community college, but um, really, my real life is, is tennis. So here I am. Welcome. I guess I should go now, right? Probably. No one really knows me on Twitter that much that's probably listening to this. MC Sound Design. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm kind of an audio geek and a tennis enthusiast. I play, I follow it, uh, probably not as much as you and Phil, who would be our third member. Phil, do you want to tell anyone about your background? or No, I don't care. Okay. That's typical, really. Doesn't surprise me at all. So let's talk a little bit about what happened today. You start. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched it as soon as I could find it. Once Tennis Channel um, showed a score update, I, I hunted furiously so that I could get it um, on my TV. They were showing Taylor Fritz, who might st actually still be playing. Uh, that was a long match. Yeah, he's, he's done. Did he lose? He followed Alona right out the door. Oh, he could have really made some waves, huh? I don't know. I watched one game because NBC was showing it instead of whatever else they could have shown. Um, and he was up 40-love in that service game and then dropped four straight points for no apparent reason. Um, he did win that game, but that, I guess, was the last game he won. So that's probably the last time we're going to talk about Taylor Fritz. Ever. 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 Ostapenko, though... Like it seemed like, because I was uh, I was chatting with you at some point near the end of the set. Like it did seem like she was pulling it back together. Her opponent was getting a little tight. She served for the for the first set once, but and and uh, and Panko did her thing. She like slapped a bunch of winners and looked like she was going. But the serve was just the serve was really really bad. How many double faults do you have that number? She had eight in the first set. So that's two games right there, basically, that you just kind of gave away. She jumped in. I think it got up to about 13 total. I know I saw 12, and then I think there were 
there was at least another after that. So Besides the double faults, the second serves that were going in were just meatballs. There was nothing on, nothing on them. She was absolutely frustrated by her serve. She didn't really show it like she normally does with her outward kind of petulance. She seemed like she was trying to be mature. It's the maturation process. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> you have to at least get the ball in play so that you have a chance to hit your cannon winner. That's true. So that was disappointing entirely. It was because, I mean, I can't even play the panko hater now. You know, I, I was I was getting ready for that role, especially to bait Phil into saying things. And now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's no fun to, to bash on her now. And like now I don't even hate her anymore. That's the sad thing. You guys have, have turned me around on that. It's just fake hate at this point. Austin Pinko is a champion. That's true. No one's going to take it away from her butt. That was the podcast. It's it's like that Kanye song. This or Sorry, we shouldn't be talking about Kanye. But anyway, I already did. This is the story of a champion. We talk about what we want when we want to on this program. Isn't that right? I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a bunch of Ostapenko audio. Actually, now that I'm, I think about it, it's probably not all that great to listen to because it's stuff like this. Uh, people just expect more from you and there's more attention from everybody and also from player's side. Like almost every player you play wants to beat you. Yeah, we know. Kozlova, she wanted to beat her. Did you see that blister on her foot? <laughs> Yes, that was nasty. Oh, my God. Made Chung's look like a little pimple. It was on the TV for at least two minutes, the the blister. But the the bandage or whatever that they put on there, it seemed like pretty good. It's on the back, so it wasn't like Chung's and his half of his foot split in half. I guess it was in a good spot, but they did ask her about it after the match, and she... They asked her about her blister, singular, and she said, well, actually, it has three blisters. Yes, that's true. Not a ringing endorsement for Adidas. <laughs> You're having a good experience with Adidas uh, right now, right? My blister finally healed. I played like for an hour though. I'm by no means a professional. I wear the shoes three times a week and um, managed to get a full-on blister in, in one doubles match, which is kind of ridiculous. So I'm done with them. Uh, they do look nice, but... Uh, I'm going to have to go in another direction, Adidas. And I suggest that, what's her name? Kozlova? I think so. I hope that's right. Anyway, she's going to need a new uh, a new shoe for sure. Because mm. at the start of the tournament, if you're battling three blisters, um, good luck to you. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, she she upset the defending champion, so she is what? It's like, I haven't actually done a, a spreadsheet on this one because... I don't spend all my time doing spreadsheets, but I'm sure if I did, it would be interesting to look at like how far the player who upsets like the defending champion, et cetera, goes. Because it, it seems like it's usually not very far. Yeah, my guess is that it's probably not going to go beyond the next two rounds with her. But as as Ostapenko said, um, like y- you, you and your blister probably could have beaten her today if you could have <laughs> got the ball. What was it, five times back in the court? Yeah. I was thinking about that, too, with the way she was playing. I get the whole redlining thing, and, and that's just her, and that's how she's had success. But when you see a an open sore opened up on your opponent's foot, wouldn't you kind of think, I don't really need to hit a winner on every shot. I can kind of grind this one out and regroup. I'm not playing well. Maybe take a little bit off and just run her around a little bit and kind of win by attrition. Could she play that way? Uh, I have to believe she could rally. 
Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, all these players can rally, except for possibly Camilla Georgie, but she's and Dominic. She's her own special case. Dominic, oh, Dominic could rally for. <laughs> he could he could hit for two straight hours probably. Team has no gas in the tank. Disgusting. Mm. Now we will see. Tomorrow is it? I, I know there was some stink from some quarters that that he was starting after his battle of attrition against himself uh, over the weekend. <laughs> That perhaps he could start on Tuesday, but he will be starting tomorrow. So we will see. But I, I think his opponent, I don't want to be John McEnroe and call his opponent a no one. But his opponent, let me just look, um, is a Belarusian named Ivashka. And I have never heard of this person. Me neither. Ilya. Ilya Ivashka. Actually, I suppose I should have heard of him. He's 119 in the world. He's not 475. But no, I got nothing. I can't imagine that team wouldn't have a, a blister or two. He knows no pain. Well, that's true. He knows himself, and he's a professional. And uh, that's uh, why is someone at my door? <laughs> it's pouring. Someone's someone's at my door. All right, so I'm going to ignore the spontaneous uh, caller here or the impromptu caller. Okay. The other fun thing that happened today is uh, I think it was in the same part of the draw, right? It was with Kanta and Venus. Yeah, they're in the same eighth, actually. Um, Conta is anyway. Venus is uh, Venus is in the same quarter. I think she's in the other half of that quarter, or was certainly is not anymore. Um, well, you guys can answer this for me then. If if every time you went into work, let's say you went into work, there's every because obviously you travel less, and let's say for a few years your pieces of writing have just been crap every time when you come into Roland Garros, right? They've just been crap. And then your colleagues start to say, you know, you really suck around that time. And and that happens, you know, for a few years. How would you guys digest that? And would, would you feel any sort of kind of back lingering kind of, oh, you know, I, I want to I prove these bastards wrong, but, you know, it's just kind of lingering there. So... It's it's not something I would like to buy into, and I don't think I do. However, um, you guys don't make it easy. <laughs> Whoa. I, I guess at that point that she's had enough. I don't know. It, this is actually interesting because Kanta, um, as, as I'm sure most people know, is in fact British. And the relationship that British ten, tennis players have with the, the media is not like the relationship that I don't know. Play, pro- probably players from any other country. It'll be interesting what they were right because they can be quite mean. <laughs> I mean, she does have a point, but it's it's a little bit different when you're talking about journalists versus athletes. The corollary there is a little a little off, but I just kind of like the the drama of it. I'm glad you found that. Thank you for pulling it. They, um, I don't even know. Like, it's TSN in Canada. I'm not sure if they. If they even have the rights to these things, they they might, but they just play these pressers. Um, I know Roland Gauss um, puts them under like embargo, basically. Yeah, they weren't going to have that on their homepage. Well, it's also I think the journalists request that, so we are uh, we're taking all kinds of shots at journalists today, apparently. All right. But yeah, TSN just rolled the whole presser for for Ostapenko, and then they they gave this choice quote from. From Conta, which I yeah, it, it's funny because they always talk about tennis players should say more what they what they feel, and she did. So it would be interesting to see what 
what comes of that. Perhaps nothing. I think it might get lost in the shuffle with um, Ostapenko going down. And so it probably won't be a huge story and no one's really expected her to do much here anyway. So Apparently not. Apparently she sucks at the French Open. So Has she not even won a match there? I think that was what was said. Uh, I think that was the, the question that prompted that response, that she had has in fact not won a match there. She she basically cannot play on clay. <laughs> well, how do you ignore that, though, as a journalist? You have to ask the question. <laughs> so, Joe, this is... Uh, I, I, I know that in the 80s, it was, it was quite possible for people to not play on clay at all, but that, that was a long time ago. So what's up? Oh, the other thing about that, along those lines, I heard um, one of the commentators remark during the, the Taylor Fritz debacle that uh, he grew up in California and there aren't many clay courts in California, in Southern California. How can that possibly be true? Because all of Southern California is paved, including the tennis courts? I, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care. In Florida, I would say there's there's almost an equal amount of clay courts as there are to, to hard courts. There's certainly no grass anywhere, but especially if you're an up-and-coming junior, finding clay to practice on in Southern California, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. There has to be <laughs> clay courts there. Even where I live here in uh, not, definitely not Southern California, there is clay. Um, it's one tennis club, however. So you, you'd probably have to be a member there, and you'd have to uh, you'd have to ask. But chances are, if you're well, it, it's it's interesting actually because if you're a, if they do have this junior program here in Calgary because we they spent a bunch of money on this new tennis center and it's well indoors because because it's Calgary. snowing <laughs> it's snowing for half the year. Um, the other half is apparently summer, so we have one or the other. But yeah. So it's it's indoors and it's not indoor clay. So it is like, and they do have a, they're trying to promote the junior program here. But yeah, you could conceivably see that you would not play much clay. you And you'd play indoors as well. So your game would be suited for perfect conditions. Right. Which seems problematic. But then again, like who has come through that junior program? I believe uh, Dennis Shapovalov, who seems to be doing okay on any kind of surface so far. Yeah, we like him, most of us. Phil, do you like uh, Chapo? No. Uh, you care to elaborate? No. Okay. okay. So, no, um, his hair? <laughs> I don't care. He's got a way with words, Phil. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't know. I thought he was going to be more talkative. Moving on to Venus, another press conference favorite. Um, I guess we could have all uh, bet that her press conference would be a little cool. And it was. And uh, let's listen. She was really focused and determined to play this match. Compared to last year, you were able to fight back when trading yeah. in, a, in both sets. Yeah, honestly, everybody plays me well, so that doesn't surprise me at all. During a match, uh, when things, at least on the scoreboard, are not going your way, how much do you try to come up with adjustments, tactical adjustments in today specifically? Were there things you thought you could try to do differently to make things better for you? Yeah, I think differently is win the point. <laughs> I, I think okay. curse is the word for that, if we were looking for one. Yeah. Well, Venus famously gets fined 
because she just doesn't do the pressers. And I know, I don't know why this is picking on journalists, Dave, but whatever. Um, I, I know it makes a lot of journalists upset because they say, you know, this is how we write our stories to get access to players, um, et cetera. So somebody like Venus, you know, who is someone usually that people want to read about, if she's not doing the press, then it hurts them to do their job. But I mean, if she's doing that, should they find her anyway? It almost sounded like something Serena would say. There might be a Williams family playbook <laughs> that they just share. Yeah, she played, uh, everyone who plays me plays their best. As opposed to when they play other people that aren't Williams's. Come out and play like shit. That's the problem. Then, yeah. yeah well, I, what would, would have been interesting, it's too bad they were both seated. Maybe this is a, a recommendation for this new uh, 16 seeds things, even though that still wouldn't help today, um, is to have Venus play Pinko today and see who would have won. You have two big upsets. You take the two highest seeded upsets and you play them against one another right after their matches on the same day to play themselves back in. But maybe neither of them would have been able to hit the ball back five times. And so they just... <laughs> alternate hitting it out or into the net or something. Grotesque. And there's no tiebreaker at Roland Garros, so conceivably they could just play forever. Wait, what did you just call it? Roland Garros. Oh, man. I feel like such an American because they, they do say it differently on TV. I just say Roland Garros. Well, it's just, I'll have to explain. Can I explain? Having, yeah. having a French not roots i am not french at all but my my wife is french and i lived in, in france and so for me to say a french word it feels ridiculous to me to pronounce a word that i know how to pronounce with a like my accent so for me to say roland garros yeah how, how's that that sounds really bad but if i were to actually do it like french which is roland garros <laughs> that also sounds ridiculous. So then I kind of just like don't say it well at all. I can't say anything in French. I'm sure that's a big surprise to you, but I have to say Roland Garros. <laughs> well, that's why the Americans just say French Open. I don't think John McEnroe's ever said Roland Garros in his life. There was a time when I was a child where I thought they were two different tournaments. Fair. You would hear them both. People would say it one way or the other. And I was like, wow, that. They happen at the same time? Jeez. No, it was honestly when I met my wife, because I would always say French Open or whatever, and she's like, what? The what? Roland Garros. No one in, no one in France says, says that. that. That's just what it's called. It's like Wimbledon. I'm like, oh, come on now. It's not like Wimbledon. Um, and that, that obviously went well. Phil, why don't you say it for us? Absolutely the fuck not. Oh, okay. We were going to talk about um more journalism but it almost feels like piling on at this point so maybe we'll save that for another podcast where we're not bashing journalists relentlessly and um and that way we'll make sure that we can have it as a recurring theme so we'll let's save our our package on the the puff pieces does that sound okay to you yeah, yeah we can do that i mean in fairness a lot of these puff piece writers are aren't really what we would call journalists anyway they're people who, well, because they'll sort of get a contract or, or, or something to do this profile of a player. And um, often, yeah, they're not journalists in a traditional sense. So we can, we can bash all kinds, of, all kinds of writing. Oh, good. Yeah. Because I think that's something that we do well. Bashing, yes. I, I think we're good at picking apart, building. Ugh, that's too hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to actually write anything. No. 
I actually don't even really want to do the podcast, but um, it's kind of an engineering challenge to get three people in three different regions together. So for me, this is really just about um, an engineering exercise and um, audio quality. Okay. For me, it was, I, I don't know what it is. It, it was like a a dare. Yeah, it does seem like we're kind of following through on a dare. It, it does. Some of us. Anyway, wh- how, what do you think about that, Phil? I don't care. I feel like, to be fair, that we've kind of dominated the conversation. That's true. Uh, in this in this first kind of uh, dry run of our podcast. So why don't we open it up and get Phil more involved so that uh, the handful of listeners can get to know him a little bit. Does that sound like something we should do? No. Let, let, let's do it. Phil, Phil, get ready. Come on. You ask him some questions and then I'll, I'll chime in. Phil? Yes. Um, let's talk first of all about one of, the, one of the favorites for this tournament, if there can be such a thing with a tournament with Nadal involved. Um, well, let's talk about Sasha Zverev. Um, how, how do you fancy his chances? What, what do you think? First of all, I don't care. Second of all, he's a disgusting pusher. I agree with that. D- a disgusting pusher? He's a disgusting pusher. Yeah. So you're, you're not a fan of the Zverev playing style. Is that the case? No. Is that what I'm hearing? No. Okay. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> ah, well, that, that's okay. Another um, supposed favorite is, is our friend uh, Dominic Team, who we talked about a little bit earlier um, and his, um, his habit of, of playing lots of matches. Um, I don't know, Phil, how, what are you feeling about, about Team? Team has no gas in the tank. Disgusting. For a change, I actually agree with the whole gas in the tank thing. Um, that was absurd, what he did <laughs> in this last week. Why wouldn't you just practice? It's an interesting question. It's a question, see. It's a question for a journalist to ask. It's somebody could get him down and press her, and, and he does. He get he does get asked asked about it. I don't know how uh, how much he actually comments on it, but he does get asked. So why do you play so much? Why do you do things like that? Um, so I would think that some people say this is a Twitter Twitter speculation for whatever that's worth. That it's all his coach um, Gunter Bresnik. I think that's his name. That it's his idea to play this much. Um, but yeah, he. I had the numbers. I don't remember exactly what they are now, but it was something like he did play five hours in one day. So that was a good oh. one. Uh, and then he played an almost three-hour final the next day, and he played a three-setter the day before that or, or something. So it, it was like it was like 10 hours on court. In a three-day period, (laughs) that just doesn't seem like a good idea going into probably the only tournament where people give him any sort of chance. Yeah, fair enough. The only major tournament. It's definitely his best shot. Like maybe he could just wait a couple more years until Rafa retires from his many injuries, or you know, something like that. Maybe, but yeah, I don't know why. And he's on the opposite half of Rafa. Like he, he's in a good spot here, so it, it does seem a bit strange. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. There's not much really to say about it. He doesn't. He never looks like he has a problem with his fitness, and he looked tired. Like 
finally, I saw some visible evidence that there might be something to that whole, he was tired, he wasn't, you know, himself or whatever. He, he really didn't look like he was moving that well. He was standing upright more when he was returning, and it just didn't look like the player that I'm used to seeing. So uh, I hope it doesn't come back to bite him. I don't, I don't hate him. Uh, he's not, not a favorite of mine, but I just some, sometimes I don't really understand the mentality there. Phil, do you, do you like team? No. Okay. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> Wanted to make sure about that. Um, I, I, I will say for the, the match I saw, I didn't really see the end as well um, against Simon, but I did see um, the second set, and Simon, he should have closed that out. Uh, team was just hitting a lot of slices of what he was doing. Which yeah. Is, it's a good strategy against someone like Gilles Simon because he, he feeds off pace and he doesn't doesn't necessarily like hitting winners and that's what team made him do. But it wasn't like, yeah, it, it didn't look like team was suddenly filled with energy or anything because he wasn't running around. He was hitting a lot of slices. Uh, and, and it was Simon, in fact, who was very tired, but th- that guy is, has made his living running like he's basically a marathon runner in, in a tennis outfit and he's 33 or 34 years old yeah are we asking phil about uh, we asked him about chapeau already do we uh i don't think we did oh i thought we said something about him but okay so um and this of course is is important to us in canada here we all want to know um however we in Can- in canada we like to know how other people feel about us and especially how other people feel about our, our celebrities, so to speak. And we like to point out that our celebrities are, are ours. So like Jim Carrey and Mike Myers and, and those kind of people. Celine Dion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one's a little easier because she's her name is Celine Dion. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Denis Shapovalov, his, he's a big deal for Canada because he's not Raonic who, well, is a good tennis player, but no one really cares about him. I'm sorry, Milos, but it's kind of true. Shapovalov is different. He's this exciting new player. So he's, you know, it's important to us that he's well-liked. And, and he seems generally to be well-liked. There's a puff piece on him. But the, the most important question is, what does Phil think? Matt. Matt. Yes? Shapo is really the worst. Pasty and disgusting. <laughs> what and disgusting? Pasty, pasty. Pasty and disgusting. Yeah. I don't get the whole pasty thing. I mean, he 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 looks sun-kissed to me. No. Well, your countrymen are going to be uh, up in arms about that one. I, I think so. I, uh, I mean, we already had the Bouchard debacle. Uh, I don't think he's going to go the way of Bouchard. I happen to like him. Um, and you know, the way this season's worked out, all the people that I really like seem to be getting bounced out of tournaments or not even entering tournaments because they're hurt. So, uh, I'm going to keep a lot of my rooting interest to myself. Francis, Francis, uh, TFO, is it? We, we, we never did figure that out. Like we thought it was TFO, but since all the commentators are saying TFO, that, that might be in the pronunciation guide possibly. Yeah. And he let him off the hook too. I think he he even said TFO's fine. <laughs> I love Francis. Oh. Look at that. 
What half is Francis? Is he's what he's playing Sam Query, so that surely is a, a winnable match for him. It, it seems like it. I think Sam Query's a little bit better on clay than Joe Conta. We'll find out tomorrow. I think they play early. Okay, I will. I will not be awake for it. It should be noted that we are recording this on Memorial Weekend Sunday. Oh yeah, damn it! I'm not sure when anyone's going to actually even hear this. Or if anyone will actually hear this, but maybe Phil uh, <laughs> to kind of say something nice about journalists. If you're covering a tournament, it's pretty um, easy to see how your whole coverage can be kind of upended when a favorite goes out early. Because I'm sure there were a lot of packages that were already put together for Alona, mm-hmm. and now they're virtually useless. Well, yeah, and I mean, speaking of of puff pieces that we were gonna talk about later um that's one of them right there's a a new and not just any puff piece like a new york times one that actually is it's all right as these things go and that was probably getting that was probably doing well for them but you lose first round like that people lose interest not not tennis people but the the general people that they're looking for yeah they lose interest pretty fast right phil did you read that article that article was disgusting honestly hmm he didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he didn't read it. Well, now I guess now that we're on to the WTA, who's left probably as a favorite now? It's got to be Halep, right? Maybe. Phil? Halep? She's a disgusting, hideous pusher. Hideous. Oh, boy. Nonetheless. Right up there with Sloane Stevens? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note. <laughs> follow Matt Kriz. Um, what is it? Second serve hat hack? Yeah, uh, or is it Murray? No, the the Murray thing. It, it's it's second like two nd serve hack. Oh, great! Because a while ago, Twitter let us like change our handles without losing anything, and so no, it was because handles used to matter in character count. So second, well, look, I saved like one character, two even. That's very efficient. Two two characters I saved. Second serve hack. Actually, if you're listening to this, you already follow Matt. I that is promise you that. Like uh, MC Sound Design, and then our buddy Phil, uh, who real Phil will join us at some point. He's uh, partying it up right now. You probably blocked him, but consider unblocking him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've blocked at Real Avocados, uh, consider an unblock, and. Um, and then consider a reblock as soon as you do that. So in in Florida, just that this is totally uh, this is not a question about growing avocados. But would you ever? No one would ever say avocado, right? I've heard people say it that way. Okay, I'm just wondering because there's certain things that Canadians randomly pronounce differently, and I think most people here would say avocado, but it doesn't mean that some people wouldn't say avocado. So who? Who knows? Now I'm going to catch myself wondering about it if I'm saying it right or wrong. I think you're saying it right. Avocado. But you don't say avocation. You say avocation. Yeah, I know, but the word comes from from the, the Spanish, right? Which is avo. Is it? I don't know. No. <laughs> well, you would know. It's like how, um, who was it? Dick Enberg? How he says that it's Nadal, you know, because it's Spanish. So he says Nadal. Oh, yeah. Well, I say Nadal, too. Phil? Nadal. Oh, he says it right. Thanks, Phil. 
Good work. Djokovic. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit different. Djokovic. I love Francis. I love Francis. Clay season is a disgusting, grotesque season. <laughs>